Thoughts are things. Via dia. So there's something that came up for me. You know, every week they let me know what they're going to sing and what their song is going to be. And if it's something that I don't know, which typically if it's one of their originals, I don't know their originals through and through yet. I know a number of them now, and I'm grateful for that. But I say, can you send me the lyrics for that so I can just take a look at it and see how I can align it with whatever I'm going to be saying that week? And and so very dutifully, without me asking, I was sent the lyrics for this song, and I didn't look at them. Just didn't come up for me to look at them this week. But while I was standing back there, there's something that you... So God, show me the way. God, show me the way. The question that comes up for me in this phrase of God, show me the way is if, as I have said, God is good orderly direction, do we need God as this idea of something outside the self to show us the way? Or can we live in that place of faith that if good orderly direction is who and what I am, who and what you are, that no matter what, God, that thing within us, that thing itself is always pushing us in the direction of good even when it doesn't feel so good. And sometimes it doesn't feel so good, right? I've had my experiences of life not feeling so good. But I've come to this place of faith and understanding that when I look at the bigger picture, when I understand the bigger picture, I've always been led in the direction of good. I've always been led in the direction of God. Good, orderly direction. And so I keep to the path. And when I forget who I am... What is required of me is to do what it takes to remember who I am. That's what, that's what this whole philosophy is about. So this month, um, I've decided to use the theme of harmony as a theme for the month. And I like to come up with these monthly themes to kind of guide me in a direction because God is always showing me the way. That good orderly direction is coming up through me and saying, hey, this is what this is all about. And so this month is all about harmony. And so the question that I started with this morning as I was considering what I wanted to talk about is this. What is harmony? So a week or a week and a half ago, I think August is going to be all about harmony. But I didn't give it much thought at that point. And I woke up this morning, I'm thinking, well, what is harmony? Like, what does it really mean? Musical terms are used a lot in spiritual circles. It just, it's, it's, there's something about musical terminology and spiritual circles that seem to be uh, aligned, and, 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 and it all comes up as representations of our divine experience. So if we are living in harmony, well, we think that sounds good, right? So I went to the dictionary online, and I looked up harmony. So harmony is this, the combination of simultaneously sounded musical notes to produce chords and chord project. Uh, pro- projections, progressions to have a pleasing effect. Actually, so now I'm going to ask Nadia, do you mind coming up here for a second? Totally. She's, she doesn't know that I'm... It, well, it's just come to me because good orderly direction is leading me in this you know, path of thinking that I would like a demonstration. And since you're the masterful guitar player, can you grab your guitar for me? Can you play one string, just play a G? So that's a G, right? La. So that's one note. When we combine notes, now if you could play a G chord, 
when we combine chords, that creates harmony, when we combine those notes. And they're all in association with one another at a vibrational level. Okay? Now, I want you to play a G, but let's put, can you put that finger back over there? That sounds actually pretty good. <laughs> Make it sound as bad as you possibly can. All right. So that's a that's discord, right? When the notes are not when the notes are not vibrationally in alignment. We can be either in harmony or in discord depending at the level at which we are vibrating. Right? Play that G chord again. Whichever one you want, the good one. <laughs> Play the good one. Yes. Yes. And I am practicing that, I promise. <laughs> She's she when we first met, uh, she brought her guitar, and I said, well, I've always thought about learning to play the guitar. And she immediately sat me down with her guitar, put it in my hands, and said, here's your first chord. And so we haven't gotten back to that in a while. <laughs> Thank you very much for that demonstration. So the combination of simultaneously sounded musical notes to produce chords and chord projection, projections, I don't know why. I look at the word progressions, and I say projections. Am I projecting something? to produce chords and chord progressions to have a pleasing effect. So the second definition is this, agreement or concord. So this is the whole thing. We're talking about a vibrational alignment with good. That's what harmony is all about. That's why we utilize the word harmony in spiritual circles to mean this very thing. When we are in alignment with our good, life unfolds perfectly and it all feels so good. And, and then something over here, the wrong note is played. And all of a sudden, everything feels like it falls apart. Have you ever had that experience in life? Yeah? Here's all you need to do to overcome that is to start playing the right notes again. Oh, I know. Simple. Ultimately, what we're talking about is there is an alignment with wholeness. And, and to be in harmony is to be whole, to be in integrity. Harmony and vibration go hand in hand. I learned all about harmony when I was a young boy. Um, when I was, uh, so for those of you who I think everyone in here knows, I grew up in Tucson. I was born and raised in Tucson, and then I went away for many decades, and then I've come back. But when I was growing up here, I was part of the Tucson Boys Choir. And that's really where my love for music began. And I learned all about harmony. And, you know, I was like 10 years old and learning music theory, and, and it was so beneficial to me. Now, there's a whole other story that goes along with the Tucson Boys Choir. I'll tell that another time. But at the end of the day, that's really where I embodied this deep, deep love for music and why music speaks to my soul and why music is so important to me to have as part of this experience because music vibrates at the soul level and lifts us up. When we are in harmony with the divine, our vibration sinks up, and life is beautiful. We all have an inherent. Now, there is that thing within us that is inherent. We all have an inherent, harmonious connection to the whole. But sometimes it goes awry, creates discord. So discord is to be out of alignment, musically, and with what is true in the heart. So why does this happen? You know, if we teach, and we teach, that no matter what, 
life is always progressing in the way it is meant to progress. We do teach that. When we're in discord, why are we in discord? What is that thing that puts us into a place of discord? And so this brings me to the next part of the the great topic at hand, which is just like the strings on the guitar, not every string is tuned the same way. The people in our lives, not everybody is tuned the same way. If we are in a place of discord, that means we're not in vibrational alignment with whatever is around us. Oh. There's this thing, it's a jargon term. I try to stay away from the jargon, but it's easy for me because I studied it for so long that it just comes rolling off the tongue. And I'm gonna, but I'm going to explain it. So there's, there's this thing within the philosophy called race consciousness. And so if we are an individualized point of consciousness, the race consciousness is the consciousness of a group the collective consciousness of a group. So within this room, we have created a consciousness. All of our individualized points of consciousness have aligned in this room at this time. So we've created a race consciousness in this room. And I like to believe, because I feel it, that the vibration of this room is in harmony. Now, there are people who may come into this room and their vibration is out of harmony. And to the degree that we begin to align our consciousness with that is when things fall into discord. Get it? I know, this is heady stuff. But we can align ourselves unknowingly at the level of the race consciousness around us that may not be in alignment with what we would like to experience in life. And that's when things fall apart. So what is our job then? Our job is to get ourselves back into alignment. Hmm. Now, can race consciousness be good? Because we tend to use this idea of race consciousness as a bad thing. Race consciousness can absolutely be good. Like I said, there is a race consciousness in this room right here and right now, and I believe that it is grounded and vibrating at the level of love. And so that's a good race consciousness, right? Hmm, that's harmony. When race consciousness is vibrating at the same level of good and love, that's harmony. Now, we often think of race consciousness only in this form of, you know, discord. And when I was thinking about how to express my own path to coming into alignment with loving race consciousness... I thought, well, when is the time in my life when I was at the most, perhaps, what I would consider the most discordant? And what came up for me, which was kind of a surprise because there are, there's many aspects I look back on with, with respect to this time in my life that feel really good. But the, over, the overwhelming feeling around the three years that I spent living in New York City are actually of discord. And I don't know if, if it's because I was not really vibrationally resonant with the city to a degree that, you know, served me. Um, but I got myself into a lot of nooks and crannies of not very healthy consciousness. And so I look back, and I have a, I have a point of view around all of it now. I look back and realize that in so many ways I was living out of, out of alignment. And what I was struggling to do was latch on to anything out there that felt good. 
latching onto those things out there and forgetting that when I want to live in harmony, in accordance with the good in my life, it's not about what's out there, it's about what's in here. It's about coming to that resonant place of understanding. Now, this is before I was in New Thought. This is before, I mean, I was always a spiritual person, whatever that means. I always imagined there was something more that I was a part of. That's what it is to be spiritual, I I believe. There's something more that we're all a part of. None of us are alone. None of us is alone. But I lived those three years in New York City very much out of alignment with my own soul and grasping, trying to make it work. I bought into particular patterns of thought. That's the race consciousness. Patterns of thought that were all around me that I was buying into below the level of my awareness. Below the level of my awareness, I was buying into these thought patterns, and that's the way my life was showing up. Because when I buy in to those thought patterns, those thought patterns become my belief. And my life unfolds based on my beliefs. Yeah, keep coming back to that. Right back to what I read. My life unfolds based on my belief. Everyone's life unfolds based on their belief. And so if we want life to change, we have to address the beliefs we're holding. But we have to first become aware of them. Hmm. Awareness is key. Because if you're unaware, as I was for those three years, then life is just going to keep unfolding in a way that doesn't feel so good. So one of the things that I did is as I was grasping for those things out there in the world of form to try and make change, it was all on the surface. And so the surface level, recognizing within that there was something that didn't quite feel right, I had to put up a front. Oh, there's another thing we do. Putting up a front, this leads us out of accordance with living in harmony. When we put up a front, we veil the truth, which is... I think why the idea of transparency came up for me this morning, that I have to be able to take that veil away and be transparent to the world. And if I'm not, allow- if I'm not allowing myself to do that, then there's something that I'm hiding from the world, and that is not going to be in service to the greatness of the world or the greatness of me as expressed in this world. So buying into a thought pattern that was not supportive of my greatest life possible, I lived in this assumption that I could not let anybody know. Put up this veil couldn't let anyone know those struggles I was experiencing. And so what happened is I started to become more and more isolated. And more and more isolated. I became a wrong note in the great whole. I became a wrong note. And so everything vibrationally was out of tune. In retrospect, I look back on it now and I realize that what was happening as well is I was attracting to me also those who were in discord in their life. Because when I'm resonating at that level of discord, what I'm going to attract into my life are other people who are resonating at the level of discord. I got into a seriously unfortunate relationship. And my decision to leave that relationship, which was the first glimmer of living in harmony, was to in a very untransparent way, rather than go up and be transparent and say, we're done, I went up and I said, I'm moving to L.A. Under the assumption that I could trick this person into staying in New York, I could leave, and then I was free of the relationship. Totally non-transparent. 
And so what happens? Because I'm vibrating at the level of discord with this other person in my life, this other person in my life says, that's great, I'll move with you. And I didn't have the guts to say no. And so we moved across the country together. Carrie Mon will tell you. Like she remembers this, but she knows exactly who I'm talking about. And this is a person who lives a life at a level of discord very much. And I was in alignment with that. And so we lived, we lived in L.A. We were, we were in L.A. for nine months before I finally had the guts to say, I'm done. And I walked out. Ultimately, that decision for change that I made when I was finally in L.A. and having continued in this relationship for nine months, it was allowing me to come to a place of resonating in harmony with my good. Again, it was a first step. I let go of that race consciousness that was destructive. And I think L.A. had a lot to do with it. L.A. was a much easier place for me to be, to come into alignment with good. And so that helped a lot. I let go of that destructive race consciousness that I had taken on in New York. And I allowed myself to embrace the loving song in my heart. And so today's talk title, you're like, wait, but wasn't your talk title Sing Your Song Out Loud? Yes. When your song is in alignment with the infinite whole, magnificent things begin to happen. So we must sing our song out loud. How do we do this? Well, it's like getting to Carnegie Hall. Practice, practice, practice. It never ceases. See, the thing about spiritual practice is that it never ceases. We, even in mastery of spiritual principles, we must continue to practice the mastery. That's the truth about musicians. (coughs) Excuse me. I consider you a virtuoso on the guitar, Nadia. Do you ever not practice? (laughs) But she's being transparent. had to practice in music school. But even now, we come in on a Sunday morning, and for you to understand how the song is going to unfold, we practice, right? So it still takes practice. You, I mean, I know you can get up here, look at a piece of music, and play it. But that took practice to master. And to maintain that skill, I believe you still need to continue to practice. I still practice singing all the time much to the chagrin of my husband when we're home and I'm just singing out loud. Of course, he's still in Canada, so I get to sing out loud all the time, and it's just the cats. Even in mastery, we need to practice. We need to sing our song not because we think others will hear it. That's not the purpose of singing our song out loud, but because it's the truth in our hearts. There's a story that I'm going to read. I don't typically do a lot of reading, and it's... Some of you I know will have heard this story before. But it speaks to the degree to which we are understanding and hearing and listening and living our life out loud and the resonance around us that may or may not be in alignment with that. So here's the story. A man sat at a metro station in Washington, D.C. and started to play the violin. It was a cold January morning. He played six Bach pieces for about 45 minutes. During that time, since it was rush hour, it was calculated that thousands of people went through the station, most of them on their way to work. Three minutes went by, and a middle-aged man noticed there was a musician playing. 
He slowed his pace and stopped for a few seconds. Then he hurried up to meet his schedule. A minute later, the violinist received his first dollar tip. A woman threw money in the till and without stopping, continued to walk. A few minutes later, someone leaned against the wall to listen to him, but the man looked at his watch and then started to walk again. Clearly, he was late for work. The one who paid the most attention was a three-year-old boy. His mother tagged him along, hurried, but the kid stopped to look at the violinist. Finally, the mother pushed hard and the child continued to walk, turning his head all the time. The action was repeated by several other children. All the parents, without exception, forced them to move on. In the 45 minutes the musician played, only six people stopped and stayed for a while. About 20 gave him money, but continued to walk their normal, normal pace. He collected $32. When he finished playing and silence took over, no one noticed it, no one applauded, nor was there any recognition. No one knew this, but the violinist was Joshua Bell, one of the best musicians in the world. He played one of the most intricate pieces ever written with a violin worth $3.5 million. Two days, two days before playing in the subway, Joshua Bell sold out a theater in Boston where the seats averaged $100 each. This is a real story. Joshua Bell playing incognito in the metro station it was organized by the Washington Post to consider this idea in a commonplace environment at what we consider an inappropriate hour, do we perceive beauty? Do we stop to appreciate it? And do we recognize the talent present in an unexpected context? One of the conclusions from this experience could be that if we do not have a moment to stop and listen to one of the best musicians in the world playing the best music ever written, how many other things are we missing? In our own lives, for me, that's being out of discord. That's being in discord, not out of discord. That's being in discord and out of harmony. And here's the thing, too. If we... If we don't have time to consider our own song and maybe unknowingly aligning it with the songs around us in a discordant way, what are we really doing here? Are our lives so busy that we can't take that time to stop and live in the practice of singing our song out loud? Something to consider this week. And so what I'm going to invite you to do this week is to pay attention to your song. Don't just let it go by. Pay attention to your song and start to come to that place of realization and understanding whether the song is resonant or discordant in your life. And if you find that it's resonant, good on you. Keep moving in that direction. If you find that it's discordant in your life, know that there is something you can do about it by stepping back into practice. Do something like what we did earlier, centering. That's a great way to come back into alignment with the harmony in our lives. I use centering all the time to allow myself to come into harmony. Spiritual practice means nothing unless we're actually putting it to use. So, practice the harmonious song inherent 
within you and sing your song out loud. Namaste. Thoughts Are Things is an independently produced podcast. You can check out my blog, sign up for regular updates, or leave a comment on what you've heard today by visiting jonathanzens.com. Also, check out the latest on the development of the spiritual community I am founding in Tucson, Arizona, by liking our page on Facebook. Use the search function on Facebook and look up the page by typing in Tucson New Thought. Finally, my book, Thoughts Are Things, is now available on Amazon.com. Just look up Jonathan Zenz at Amazon and order your copy today.